Howdy, 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 partner. Been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 again, so I'm in my cowboy feelings at the moment. But regardless of those rootin' tootin' feelings, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. In today's episode, we are able to bring Adam Hoskin back for his second appearance on a bit of a two-timers binge of late, uh, and just sit down and have a type of discussion him and I have been having quite frequently in the past few years whenever we're both in the same area. Uh, but now we have physical record proof of that fact that we have these conversations. Um, I met Adam through Marty, the old co-host to the first iteration of the show, and kind of through all the ups and downs of becoming a male adult. And we really started to connect and grow a very, very, very positive and healthy male relationship. One of those relationships where we can be open about our emotions and behaviors, which, as we will discuss in the episode, can be difficult for men. And just in general, I think hopefully this episode can show other males out there that it's okay to have that type of productive relationship uh, with another male friend. It's not something to be fearful of. It's something that can be very, 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 very helpful in just having a healthy mental kind of life in everyday life, if that makes sense. But anyways, to what we discussed in this episode, our first conversation is based around the idea of transcendence and finding yourself in what you love. Very interesting conversation there. Uh, then touching on the connotations of the word owner when it comes to the MBA and finally having a really really productive conversation on deep nudes deep fakes having that conversation from a male perspective and also talking about why something like this may exist in the world I know we have a majority female audience so if you fall into that demographic I would be incredibly interested to hear your opinion on the third story and also also your opinion on my and Adam's discussion we talk about it a lot on this show, but to be able to understand the issues another side may face, I believe it's vital, very vital, to hear their opinion. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Water Cooler Talk, episode 25, titled Male Emotions with Adam Hoskin. Enjoy! This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not. Because they're real. Adam, welcome back to the basement here. Good to have you back. Good to be back, man. Been in the basement. It looks a little bit, man. I feel like I'm in a meat locker without any meat, but it's not that cold <laughs> either. It's just like regular room temperature. Well, know? the last time you were here, you were in the blanket fort with some dirty blankets right yeah now these are some these are some clean blankets bro <laughs> and and they're and it's more space you know it looks good in here dude a little more room a little more professional dude. you got yeah, the professional nice. mics i know you're a fan of uh chris D'Elia and oh, uh, yeah, vaughn so uh this is the mics they use so we're on right on core with them i feel good about these mics right now are you feeling good about some uh crazy news stories some interesting news stories hit me with it dude hit them with it this is from bbc news sports Street Chimney Self-Transcendence, the 3,100-mile race around a New York block. Welcome to Street Chinmoy Self-Transcendence, the longest certified foot race at 3,100 miles. A race so long that if you ran from the west coast of America to the east, you would still need to do 11 marathons to top up the distance. A race so grueling that only those with proven ultra-running CVs are allowed. And it's all done around one New York block. Those competing in the race will have to travel around that one block 5,649 times. And each runner gets 52 days to do so between 6 a.m. and midnight. 
To save you on math, 3,100 miles in 52 days is equal to 59.6 miles a day, which would need to be completed at a speed of 3.31 miles per hour. Founded by the late Indian spiritual leader Sri Chimoy in 1997, the self-transcendence challenges runners to transcend their own previous capacity, gain spiritual insights, and overcome the entire world's preconceived notions of possibility. The event has been described as the Everest of ultra running, which does not even do the event justice, Adam. Since 1953, more than 4,000 people have reached the summit of Everest, and only 43 people have completed the event in 22 years. Adam, you ran track and field at the collegiate level. You are now training to become an MMA fighter, so you have a much better insight into this than myself, but what about the like the runner's high, the transcendence makes people want to do this to their body. I think it's just something, something for people like that. I just know for me, I don't, it's not really about like the money and stuff like that. It's more of like an intrinsic reward. Like these people are doing it because they feel like a certain way when they do it, or they feel like they're accomplishing something that other people aren't. And they can like have something to, to accomplish for their, their own self. You know, they can pushing yourself through this huge 3100 mile or 50 whatever hundred mile race is like that takes something inside you that doesn't just take like you can't there's not enough coffee you can drink to go that many miles like you have to have something in your head that's like not letting you stop if you focus on something enough I feel like you just get that like you just automatically start doing it over and over again and then people that find that they love running and they just run all night long they're like yeah I'll why not do something like this where I can compete at it? Well, you said you mentioned a transcendental experience, transcendental experience. Do you, would you be able to describe what that feels like? Or is that just something that you just experience? It's like, yeah, it's like a meditate, like you're just kind of breathing through everything and you're not thinking about anything. You're really just like doing it. I don't know if anybody has meditated, but if you just sit there, close your eyes and kind of just breathe in through your nose and hold it for a little bit and breathe out slowly and just do that for like 10 minutes like it kind of just you don't think about much you don't you're just breathing and breathing I feel like these guys I'm not very patient so that's that's part of the reason why I couldn't do this at all because I wouldn't be able to just even dang man like run around the same block too it's like oh what's up Betty I saw you walking your block like 67 <laughs> times so far so I've been running for four days I know you've been just sitting on your couch watching TV that whole time but does that when you get into that transcendental state when you're working out what does that provide you like does that provide you like do you like like something I really enjoy is researching these stories like that brings me happiness is that something that brings you happiness or is there more involved with it just in, for me like it it's a lot I'm, I like to be healthy and stuff too I like to eat right and meditate and like sleep right and drink a lot of water and avoid a lot of you know processed stuff like I it so I think that just goes along with like everything else in the whole spectrum of stuff that I'm trying to just accomplish just like be healthy be strong be ready to you know and I'm trying to fight too so that you have to be just mentally more than anything ready but like when I get into that flow state yeah it's a definitely like a meditation more for me like I get into a mindset that you're not thinking about like what you have to do after that and you're not thinking about like what happened that day you're just thinking you're not really thinking of anything you're just like very in the moment and in you have you ever had like an out-of-body experience while you're working out or no dude I don't think so or even like when you fought did you have like a quick out-of-body experience um I mean walking towards the cage and stuff is definitely 
Like you don't know how it feels until you start walking towards there. And then, you know, if you're really ready or not and stuff, you know, and I was scared, but I mean, it was definitely like I was ready to, I was going to do yeah. it, you mm-hmm. know? So that's probably the closest thing. Cause that fight is so pure. I feel like you're just like, it's you and another guy. It's not just sport. It's more like, I mean, people used to do that. They used to fight to the death. You know, you usually don't. It's I don't very think anybody primal. really. Yeah, thing. especially for, you know, somebody like me who I I don't know. I feel like sometimes I have something to prove. If you get in there, it's just you look at the other person and you just if you th- try to think about too many things during that time, you'll get smoked or you get knocked out or whatever. You pretty much only have to be thinking about yourself and your fight and like how you're fight. You can't even really be thinking of the other guy and what he's doing. You just got to worry about what you're doing, you know, well, and then. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, sorry. No, it just like your if your parents are there, that dude, that shit can be nerve wracking. You could get that's different than a basketball game, man. You can get your ass whooped in front of your parents, dude, or your girlfriend, even worse, dude, your wife or something like that. She comes to see her baby to go, oh, baby, and then you get you have your tooth get knocked out, bro, and you look like shit, and you lost. It's like, dude, yeah, that's tough to handle, man. But you can't think of those things. Yeah, no, and I think when you get to like running, like as humans, I think we're we can like run the longest distance like we used to run down our game so there i think there's a very primal thing to endurance running and i think you also like you were talking with fighting when you're running around this block almost six thousand times you get into a very primal this is just for for survival and like from that and kind of i guess a lot of survival can come with sacrifice um it's safe to say you are a spiritual person right yeah Um, i'm not someone in a religious sense who's very uh, spiritual in that sense, but I've always been curious about the sacrifice that's always asked of people in a spiritual field uh, when it comes to like finding enlightenment. Uh, so, like, what about those sacrifices specifically, just from your kind of experience? Do you believe make it easier to get to a point of transcendence or enlightenment? Like sacrifices in relig in a religious sense, or in yeah, the- religious spiritual, like say um, Ramadan, where people don't eat food throughout oh, yeah. the day, or the trek to Mecca. I don't know if there's any big sacrifices in Christianity. Nah, man, Lutheran's kind of like the easy Christianity. Or I guess like even like Jesus on the cross kind of deal. Yeah, I gotcha. It's more about like just simplifying. Like you, I think through those things you learn that uh, life is not so complicated. Like you just learn that having less is having more almost. Like you just, like Ramadan, you don't eat from sunup to sundown or whatever. So that could be here. I mean the hour, right? Sunlight is like in the summer 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. or something. So you're not eating all day and then you have to eat at night. Not a lot of people like that, you know? But it, and then you can't, like some people take it more serious than others, but I know my friend in college he didn't eat and he also couldn't watch tv he couldn't listen to music he couldn't do anything he it's like a complete dopamine fast no social media no um he could work out and stuff like that for the track team or whatever but he other than that he would just sit and like pray and meditate you have to pray like all day long during that time too all of those things like there's so many things in life that are come in our way here you know and I think the spiritual part of that is just like nothing you have nothing coming your way no food no water no nothing you have to just be with yourself and only yourself even essential things like food and water like that we do every day we eat we drink every day is it like a sacrifice to find a 
faster route to self-reflection. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're giving up all these things. So like you said, you can be with yourself more and self-reflect on yourself. And I know like Christianity is more of like the sins and you have to rid yourself of sin. Is that why sacrifice needs to happen? Yeah. I fasted before too. And it's just like that. I feel like once you have, like I said, like nothing, you have no food, no whatever. If you meditate during that time where you really sit and think and no TV or anything, like I said, you really get to the core of yourself and then you figure out like if you start applying meditation in the right way and like just okay what am I scared of why am I scared of that and then you figure it out and you let it go because you don't you, you can let go food and water during that time things we need like if we don't eat and drink we die so like you're not even thinking of that stuff that keep us keeps us alive so you're so in tune with your own self I feel like like you said self-reflection like do you need sacrifice to get there though or do you think you could do it without the sacrifice like do you think these runners could get to this place of transcendence without actually going 3,100 miles. Yeah, I guess people, a lot of people do it in different ways. Like you see the monks at the Shaolin temple and stuff, they just like meditate all day. They don't do anything. They just meditate, sit, meditate, breathe. They watch the news like once every three years or something like that, I think, just to like get caught up or whatever. And they don't, no phones, video game, you know, they're just meditating all the time. And they are, I mean, they are able to teach people in just such few words, you know, you don't get it at first what they say. And then like when that comes to that time in your life, you're like, oh yeah, those two words that that dude said to me make sense now. It's like, so I feel like that kind of gives you like life becomes simpler when you do that. And like for these people, life is very simple because they need to be able to like get up and do two marathons every single day. So it's like <laughs> if you're not focusing on that, then I mean, I don't know, it's going to be tough for you to do that, you know? So that's so that's the one thing you're trying to accomplish. And I think yeah, if you do like in hours and hours and hours every day, that's going to eventually you're just going to stop thinking about everything else, food, water, whatever. You're just thinking about the running. That could be the same thing as like meditation and fighting or whatever you do. You can get it in a lot of ways, I think. No, I def I don't think I've ever gotten to a point like that with working out. I mean, I'm not like a crazy workouter or I'm not a person who like crazily works out. Um, I've just started, but I'm just, it's not, I've never gotten to a point where I'm just like in the zone. I, I feel like there is things that I've gotten into the zone for and I'm just like, just everything feels natural and it's like I'm looking outside of myself and I'm mm -hmm. just going and I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing and everything is doing exactly what needs to be done. When do you feel like that? When is that like, time for you? Obviously like no BS. Sometimes when I'm doing this podcast, when I'm having a conversation with someone, it'll just like, I won't even think about what I'm saying. It'll just come out. It'll just be very natural. I'll kind of be like looking above the conversation and being like, oh yeah, that's, that was a good point or stuff like that. But I'm not like really conscious of what I'm thinking it just is all so natural like I'm in that mode and it's yeah it, it brings me a lot of happiness I love doing this I love having these conversations as I always mention because it does it brings me a lot of happiness it brings me a lot of calmness like I feel very calm and yeah it's just like I think that's important for people to know that though because through you know these people do it through exercise I do it through exercise that's something I always like grew up with so it's like what I, I'm comfortable with I resort back to that and it does I am relaxed and people and other people might be like oh how can you be relaxed oh I hate working out it's so stressful you know and that's okay like I'm not the type of person to sit 
and like read articles and stuff I'll go crazy you know like I'll be like dang this is hard for me but I like I'm gonna I want to know about this certain thing so I'm gonna read it I don't like really enjoy it that much a lot of people are like that with working out it's like I want to do it to stay healthy but I don't I'm you know but for me it's more than that I'm like doing it as like I want to be something with this you know so it's like that's what I'm I go to the gym I'm like man I'm excited to go like I'm excited to go run I'm excited to go spar I want to it's fun for me like I love it you know so for me that's the thing for you it's the podcast thing and doing all this other stuff I think people should know that like dude whatever whatever it is that you feel that way doing do that like do that it does don't worry about the money involved don't worry about whatever just do that thing no very motivating and i think i think that's i think that's very true it's like if you can find something that makes you happy if you can find something that gives you that calm transcendent state where you're just feeling it and you're in it yeah go after it find it and maybe maybe it's not running around a block for 3100 miles or maybe it's not exercising and doing mma fights or maybe it's not podcasting but i think it's important if you want to be happy in life to find that thing and really let it kind of center who you are as a person because you're going to connect with a lot more people if you follow what you love and what you're happy with and you're going to find, you know, if you're looking for a wife or if you're looking for a husband or whatever way you want to swing on that, if you do it, if you find someone doing what you love, you're going to have a much better connection with that person. Yeah, authenticity, man. If you're just, it's more of a feeling than just like figuring it out. I feel like people are always trying to like Google who they're supposed to be and stuff like that. Just so you have to think about about it on your own and maybe fast dude maybe go on a 3100 mile run i don't know figure it out you know like get figure in, it out yeah get into something that and then when you start feeling oh I, f- I feel good about that go with what you feel and do different stuff too i didn't you know i didn't always know what i wanted to do now i feel like i absolutely know what i want to do but i didn't always know that it takes time you know it's like you gotta try out everything take some risks you know go for it uh, I would like to welcome to the show for his second appearance, teacher and promising MMA fighter, Adam Hoskin. Adam, last time you were here for your episode, Annoying Kids, to talk about bullying and the wage gap, which I still think, honestly, is like one of my favorite episodes. That was just an awesome conversation. And I think over like the past few years, the level of our conversation has been like some of our favorite. Like we have really good conversations. Oh, yeah. Like dude. I'm just like, I'm excited because now you live in California. So I'm excited when you're back to have those conversations. And it's a lot of like we do a lot of like self-reflection. I think is really good to have, especially in like a male to male relationship. Yeah, dude, it's healthy to do that. You know, it's health like to like we said about the meditating thing. It's like that helps you. But I mean, like talking to other people about it and stuff and just being so real about it, that definitely, you know, helps you realize some more things. And like what the other person said too. like what you say helps me to think of differently yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's the good thing about that. I think people sometimes get scared of that, though. I, I do. It, you have to be it. you have to be very honest with yourself, which I think is sometimes very hard. Hard. Anyways, Adam, as I mentioned, you are a promising MMA fighter. You recently had your first amateur bout earlier this year, a decision win. Congratulations. Appreciate what does it, it mean dude. for you to be a fighter and be in that landscape environment? What does that provide you? Like I said before, it's not really about the money to me. I just want to do something that's mine the end of my life you know like I accomplished something and I haven't accomplished shit yet so I'm I'm not saying here like I'm doing but I'm trying you know I'm trying to get there and I'm gonna work hard for it every day and I'm not gonna stop either and I've been doing you know I've done boxing and things like that before and I've always been fascinated with boxing martial arts things like that like and even just the most of those guys are very like spiritual they're like very just healthy in a lot of ways mind body spirit I feel like martial arts kind of gives you that way to go and I feel like you know if you 
just stick with something enough, you'll be able to do something with it. Maybe I'll never be like a great champion or pro whatever, but I might teach kids or I might do something else or train people or maybe, I don't know, train a guy, be a corner man. I don't know. Some, there's so many possibilities. So I think... Um, I think that's just what I fell in love with doing. I think that was a good point on how you said it's it's such a even though it's like such a primal thing and such a can be aggressive thing the fact that people are like very centered and their health their mind whatever I think is a very important environment to be in especially like with like that aggression and primalness and anger that fighting can bring out of people I think it's good to be in like an environment that's also centered in that as well or centered in the good things that that provide yeah there definitely is some psychos though in there that's <laughs> there for sure is. I mean there's not a, like some people are kind of centered but a lot of people do it because they got issues man yeah. they got some major issues that they need to go in there and work out you know and it does i mean hey everyone does it their own way exactly like the last story some people run some people like to get punched in the face uh and finally you're kind of taking on a similar route to joel edgerton's character in warrior kind of like the teacher fighter thing how do you want to be remembered at the end of your career for both teaching and fighting i want to be remembered in teaching as just somebody who tried their best to help and you know maybe said the thing that needed to be said to some kid that helped i mean i know you can't help them all but and i'm a health teacher like I talk about health so I'm a health teacher so I like I'm trying to always give them just tools to make good decisions and like stuff like that because I know a lot of kids they don't get that voice maybe even at home and health is a kind of class that is not like um, two plus two is four it's like more like okay if this works for you then do it but if it doesn't then find another way and you kind of just it's more of a self-reflection thing like that's kind of what I'm all about is getting better as people and I think fighting almost makes me better as a person when you're you're just more confident when you're out and stuff and you don't need to get into just petty disagreements with people because deep inside you kind of know you can just take care of yourself and everyone else around you so you can be calm in that and stuff like that but that's not all I mean it's more like I want to be healthy as well I want to be able to learn more about fighting how to be a better fighter so I can and I want to have a family man I'm like a person who wants to have kids and a wife yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff like that but they're all gonna have their own thing they're gonna my wife will have her thing and the kids will have their thing and like I want to have my thing you know I don't want my thing to just be my family you know like it's like you want MC. something that defines you solo defines who you are as just Adam yeah and I want to have that at the end of my life man all you got is you I, I, I think about that sometimes man you know it's just like all at the end of everything you're gonna die sometime dude I'm young still I want to be able to still compete and maybe win some stuff and do some good things and I mean but if I end up not being pro when I'm teaching man that's okay too you know it's just like I'm just gonna try hard man and see where it goes I think in your the last episode when we were talking about the bullying you had mentioned that with your teaching if I can save like one kid or like get him on the right path or something he or she on the right path then that's like worth all the trying and I thought that was like a pretty good quote to kind of be like yeah that is like if you can change one person's life it's worth all those years of trying yeah no doubt teaching's a hard job man a lot of these kids you know it's it's a timing thing too because a lot of them just won't they won't listen for five more years after that you know it's like and, and then they'll finally, re oh yeah, but you can't, you have no control over that. 
You know, that's what I've, and teaching gives you a lot of just insight too on life too. It's like, there's only so much you can control in life. Just focus on the stuff you can control, you know, working hard. That's pretty much it, man. (laughs) Working hard. The rest of it is just going to happen like how it does. I think. Preach it, man. I agree. All right, Adam, you are not on any social media, so nothing to promote, but I am confident in a few years, just like with your drive and who you are as a person, you'll be a, a very, very successful MMA fighter. And hopefully by then I can say, Hey, I had that guy on my podcast first. <laughs> nice, dude. That would be awesome. And I appreciate you saying that. And hopefully, and, and by then, man, I'll probably have an Instagram. I'll probably have to make like something if I got, if I, you know, just to get but, myself. But remember bit. who podcast you were on first. I want shout outs every single fight. I want you, to, before the first punch is thrown, I want you to shout out, this is for water cooler talk. <laughs> and then I just get knocked out. It's like, oh, <laughs> one second too late. Oh, Sorry, no. Really. <laughs> Uh, all right, are you ready to jump into a next our next news story here, Adam? Yes, sir. This is from Fox News US. NBA commissioner says league moved away from the term owner. NBA commissioner Adam Silver said in a recent published interview that the league will move away from the term owner and said those who have a major stake in teams will now instead be referred to as governors. TMZ reported early in the year a few NBA teams have already dropped the term because of its racial component and since most of the players in the league are black. According to the Institute of Diversity and Ethics in Sports, the NBA takes the lead among men's sports with diversity with an 80.7% share of players being people of color. Adam, some people are looking at this as an over reaction to a non-problem with that in quotations in your opinion do you believe this was a decision that needed to be made so i heard about this story before actually too and i've my dad was talking about it and he said that um mark cuban everyone knows mark cuban owner of the dallas mavericks very wealthy guy this shark tank guy or whatever and he's like look i don't care if you call me a governor or whatever but i own the team i have a lot of money so i mean you know he has a lot of money so he kind of does own the team he bought it so it's like i don't know about the whole governor thing it's just like man i think sometimes people are trying to stretch stuff and i'm not saying that some owners might be racist man like i don't know you know it's most likely oh yeah that guy was a freak dude (laughs) but at the end of the day i mean does it really matter i mean governor of the team yeah but they they bought the team you know so they own the team it's like if you buy basketball you own it so it's like i don't know i don't think it i think it's the connotation that you put on it well here's here's where i stand in the issue yeah i i agree i don't think this is a big deal I think it's absolutely kind of just stupid that people would get outraged on this. But the people that are getting outraged aren't the people this is affecting. It's about the players in a league that compromises or is composed of like 80.7% people of color. And I think this is one of those things where who cares if we change it or not, right? Basically, there's no negative consequences to changing this. Oh, yeah, get over the fact that you're not called an owner anymore. Like, do you really need to be called an owner? Is that like, are you basing your, is like, like your ego based on what your title is but if it can you know probably most nba players will be like oh that's fine whatever but there's going to be a few players in the league that are like oh shit now i feel like the league actually cares about me as an equal person and i think that's well we're going back to like what we had talked about if you change one kid's world that's worth all the trying like if you can potentially have one person in the league feel more comfortable being in the league i think changing a title is well worth that yeah i would agree man i don't care what it's really called but you know mark cuban said i don't think he really cares what it's called either but he's like at the end of the day i am still an owner so you can call me whatever you want but you can call me a governor 
governor if you want, but I do own the team, you know? So, yeah, you can call them governors, but I don't know. I mean, they'll still know that they own the majority share or whatever of the team. But I get it. I mean, I'm not black, so I don't, you know, I have no, like, racial comment on it. But I know that I try to see it from their perspective. Yeah, it might be weird if someone was saying that they own me or my team or whatever and and I was black I mean I'm yeah it um it can be changed you know I think it can be changed man it you know and nowadays people are very sensitive too and it's not I'm not saying black people I'm saying everybody's sensitive I mean you have to be PC about everything so things are already going that direction anyway we might as well call them governors I don't think it's people being more PC I think it's people being more honest with their feelings and like before I think people were like oh yeah that kind of offensive to me but I'm not going to say anything and now that we've had this more open communication with the world I feel like now more people are being just like more honest with their feelings not always in the most p- positive way I totally agree with that I think the fact that there were a lot of racist comments on this story and I was just like this is insane how people are getting so overworked over one word that is not going to affect like I said and the in the initial statement I made, it's like, this is not going to affect any single fan in the NBA to change the word owner to governor. It's not going to affect anyone, but if it can help one person of color in the league feel like they belong and feel like they're an equal part of what everyone else is doing, I mean, that's worth it. And that's that's not affecting your life either. So, like, it is, I think people are a lot more honest with their feelings nowadays, and it is a positive thing, but yeah, there are negatives to it. I think it's good overall. I think it's one of those things that I'm glad people are speaking up for what they believe in, and I think the world is so huge, so we have so many different opinions, so it's always like, oh yeah, another person's offended, another person's offended. I've even talked about it on this podcast when we had President Unicorn podcast and about PC culture and how it's kind of BS, but now that I've had a chance to like really look into it and really understand it, I think the world is so big, there's so many different opinions that it seems like everyone's always offended, which is like another person being like, hey, this I don't, I don't agree with this, it's not completely affecting my life but I don't agree with it and I think that's okay yeah that's a great point that's definitely a great point and more people are able to say their feelings too they're able to broadcast them and have a and have a say in everything you know because you can you can tweet something out and everyone will see it you know so oh that guy has a voice now you know so yeah you're right everybody has a voice and maybe yeah we are more honest about how we feel and just because you know putting it out online it does have consequences but when you do it you don't feel like it has consequences you're not standing in a room of 300 people and saying hey like fuck everybody (laughs) from this city or something like that they're all from Chandler Arizona or wherever like well to that question like as an athlete yourself and one day a professional athlete do you believe the general population doesn't respect professional sports players much as they should and what I mean by that is like you often hear about fans overstepping boundaries there's the Russell Westbrook situation in Utah uh, the malice in the palace just the general negative language people have for athletes on social media do you think people just don't have respect for athletes the way they should. Yeah, for sure. Because I think they just, they see them as someone that's almost not real, like a real person. So they just say whatever they want, like on social media or whatever. And they, hey, you're a fucking bum, dude. Go, (laughs) like, you know, go whatever. And it's like, and then you might think like, oh, they just, you know, but they might see that, you know, and they might be like, damn, man. And, you know, it they're probably, they're very mentally tough. They're athletes. A lot, all pro athletes are very, very mentally strong to get to that point, I feel like. But 
also like you get enough people saying stuff like that to you on social media and stuff it's gonna affect you for sure i don't care how mentally tough you are yeah Yeah, so i think yeah people but they have that platform now like we were talking about people can reach you wouldn't you were not able to just tweet at the president or whatever like 20 years you know what i mean you can't you couldn't reach him you'd have to send a letter to the white house and even that would get instantly incinerated or whatever (laughs) like it wouldn't get to to the president now he sees it he's probably like oh snap or the dude that runs his thing sees it or it's like so easy to get to anybody you want now so like yeah if you and that's why people online are getting canceled and stuff like that too or whatever they say canceled quote unquote like the what was that one dude's name james whatever that james gunn yeah yeah the director of guardians no, the like it was, no, it was the it was the gay dude on fa- or on YouTube. James did, Charles, yeah, he did the f- um, makeup and stuff. Was he actually gay or did he like doing he is, just yes, makeup? Oh, okay, no, uh, I was like, damn, I don't know if those two can even be separate. Maybe he's just totally heterosexual. And he maybe likes that would be makeup. that would be some to say his words. That would be some tea, man. If he was, that what he but <laughs> I think I think that there are yeah definitely a large portion of people that don't see professional athletes, especially celebrities, as like, as like equal people to them. And and it, I, I don't know, like thinking about it, I think it may come from like a point of like jealousy. Look at LeBron James, for example. I will never reach the levels LeBron James. I will never have the athleticism of LeBron James. So like, yeah, like you said, they don't feel like actual people to us, even though LeBron James is just a guy like us. But since they're just these absolutely amazing specimens of people they don't feel real so it's a lot easier to throw criticism at something that you don't see as real when really lebron james is a he's a just a guy like us he has a family he has a job he goes to every day he pays his bills hopefully uh (laughs) he wasn't in the panama papers so i think we're good there but he's just an everyday person and i think the fact that people can are so jealous and not I mean, even going to that first story, not comfortable in who they are themselves, it's a lot easier to criticize people to try and find that or try and feel better about yourself. Because it's like, if I can tell LeBron James to go F off, maybe I'll feel good about myself today. I don't know. I'm not someone who does that, but I could understand why someone could, how could someone could see that way. Yeah, I think like you said, um, everybody, ha- they're more honest with their feelings, but I also think that sometimes people don't even know what their feelings are because they're all over social media and all these things and so much stuff's coming at you nowadays just visually you're just seeing so much stuff it's like you don't even know what you feel like even back to the fasting and spiritual thing like there's we're not supposed to have this many choices I feel like as humans we're not supposed to be able to see everything in an instant and see video and all over the place and everything's just so convenient I don't know people I think they're they don't know how they feel so they yeah they come at people like athletes or whatever and they say you suck and you whatever and they probably don't even feel like that they just no, like probably deep down there's yeah. like why if they did any self-reflection they'll be like why did i do it and i also think like they just really see these people athletes celebrities as, as like a product they're not an actual human to them so when you take away that you dehumanize something it becomes a product and you can easily be like just kind of like oh these mics suck i can say that to russell westbrook like hey I, I don't remember what exactly was said. I think it was pretty racist, so I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> but you were, you can see, you can say those things. I mean, obviously, you have to be a person who would say those things in a public space. But you can say those things because you're just looking at someone like Russell Resp- Westbrook, even though he makes like $30 million a year, has a family, stuff like that. You just see him as a product of this league. Yeah, man. I think it was some of the owners, too, or the governors or whatever they're called now. But those dudes just have so much money, man. Having that much money changes a 
a person, man. Like you don't see. I feel like you don't see those players as people. They're probably right. I mean, it probably you're well, just definitely like, like to that. Just to butt in here, I do think that there is like a wealth disequality kind of thing. Like going back to LeBron James, obviously we're not equal when it comes to wealth, but I still think we are equal when it comes to our beings as people. Yeah, his legs are a little stronger, but you <laughs> I know, mean, we're, we'll see. We'll see. We're the same, dude. We've never worked out at the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. This dude could be having prosthetic knees in or something the whole time. Just we would never everything know, fake. Cancel LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> and then to kind of finally end the story here on this note, kind of go into like more word association. Do you think associating a word like owner to people of color is wrong in itself? I mean, most of the league is black people, but I mean... There's other people in the league, too. So it's like, you know, you could... The Scandinavian dude on the bench on Dallas, he's not going to feel offended, obviously. But, you know, yeah, the majority is, so I guess we could take that into account. But, I mean, yeah, change it, man. If people feel that way, that deeply about it, then I feel like... there. Here's another thing, too. The other side of it is, like, people... They're like, oh, why do, like, people... Black people, like, they want to change the owner thing? Come on, get over it. It's been since whenever and blah 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 they try to say all that but like you should try to be more just understanding all the time as a person you should try so like you should try to be like okay if they don't want to be called owners then what is why am I trying to make them not not change it be- just because that's how it's been and I don't want yeah, them to change, to change it, it or whatever yeah or I don't want them to have influence and change oh just because they wanted it that way or something no you can't think of it like that you got to think of it as like well if they want that what is that going to do to me I'm not an owner I'm not even you know it's I'm not even part of the team I'm just some idiot that sits on my couch and just yeah, and eats Cheetos yeah that's it eats Cheetos naked in a beanbag chair, dude. I mean, that sounds like a and good just, time. <laughs> yeah, but that's they're not they're not owning a team like that. So, man, yeah, I think people need to be more understanding. I think I don't if they feel an association towards it, then that's on them, so we can change it. Like it's not we're not going to change their feeling about it if that's how they feel, you know. Well, I do I do sometimes think giving power to a word is yeah like a very negative thing like let's take the n-word for example like if you use that in a derogative manner you're giving power to the people that want to use that in a derogative manner but i work with you know hip-hop clients that use the n-word in their music and it's from a place of power like we're reclaiming this word from the racist and i think that's i think that's a beautiful thing but i do think in a situation like this i think people are putting too much connotation on owner meaning plantation slaves and then oh yeah the NBA is 80.7% people of color ooh mark cuban is a slave owner i think i think that's a little far to yeah. immediately associate the word owner in a almost com- majority black people of color league as association with slaves i think that's a little too far but i do yeah like what we've been saying this whole time i get it it's not it's not a huge deal to change it and it's gonna make people feel better so it's like why is there a big deal about it but But i I do understand the association yeah i see your point about you know yeah don't give enough power to the word but if people feel that strongly about it then then change it man yeah exactly that's exactly what i would have to say 
I don't know. I feel pretty good about that. Any any closing words on that story? No, oh, man. Did you see those trades, though? <laughs> I did. We're not an NBA podcast. Dude, but... Kyrie and KD to the Brooklyn Nets, son. Uh, Russell to Golden State. What a what a surprise that was. No way. Yeah. Russell Westbrook? No, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, yeah. He went to Golden I was like, State. I was like, dude, oh, my God. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah. All right, Adam, are you ready to jump into our final news story of the day? I am ready. This is from Vice Motherboard. Horrifying app undresses a photo of a woman with a single click. Um, and just an update before we get into this story, before we start our discussion, I do want to mention to my listeners that there was an update to this article. Uh, it would also it will also be posted on our Podbean page for you guys to check, check out. But the creator of Deep Nude, which is the app we'll talk about, said he would be killing the software after the backlash for the way the app objectifies women. So I just want to throw it out there that the app has been shut down. Obviously, there's still kind of the software out there, but the official Deep Nude app has been shut down. So that's good news there. But to the bigger discussion, and what is Deep Nude? So Deep Nude is a software created by an anonymous programmer who goes by the alias Alberto. It is being used to undress images of clothed women by swapping their clothes for naked breasts and a vulva through the use of neural networks. Now, a neural network is a computer system modeled on the human brain and nervous system that is designed to recognize patterns. In this case, the software used more than 10,000 nude photos of women to try and accurately fill in details where clothing used to be, including angles of the breast beneath clothing, nipples, and shadows. However, the software does not work on photos of men, and instead of replacing jean shorts with the correct anatomy, they will be replaced the area with the vulva. So if you're a man and you want a vulva, there you go. Uh, anyways, Alberto stated that because nude images of women online are much easier to find, the software to recreate a nude male will take a much longer time. Uh, Deepfakes, which is another kind of thing that came out in early 2017, are super, which are superimposed existing images and videos onto a source image or video using a complex machine learning technique, was, as I mentioned, first brought to natural attention in 2017 and was used to fake celebrity and revenge porn and to create fake news and malicious hoaxes. So this deep nude is basically deepfakes, but at a much faster pace. Uh, in his email to Vice Motherboard, Alberto, this is the programmer that made deep nude, states that the technology was already there to be approved upon with deepfakes, and then he, prompted asked himself whether the program should have been stated or sh the program should have been made he said i think what you can do with deep nude you can do very well with photoshop i also said to myself the technology is ready so if someone has bad intentions having deep nudes doesn't change much if i don't do it someone else would do it in a year and that's a very important point i want to talk about later there adam Haney Freyd, a computer science professor at UC Berkeley who has become an expert in the digital forensics of deepfakes when shown the development of Deep Nude, said, We are going to have to get better at detecting deepfakes, and academics and researchers are going to have to think more critically about how to better safeguard their technological advances so they do not get weaponized and used in unintended and harmful ways. In addition, social media platforms are going to have to think more carefully about how to define and enforce rules surrounding this content. And finally, our legislators are going to have to think about how to thoroughly regulate in this space. In regards to regulation, many legislations so far have failed to keep up with the fast-moving technology. Carrie Goldberg, an attorney specializing in revenge porn, states, It is a real bind. Deepfakes defy most state revenge porn laws because it is not the victim's own nudity being depicted, and most federal laws protect the companies and social media platform where it proliferates. Adam, I would like to start this discussion by going way bigger kind of than what the specific issue entails and ask you this. Do you believe that AI is beginning to become deeply transformative in a society that isn't ready for it? And by that, I mean, obviously, a situation like Deep Nudes is going to gain natural attention for its disrespectful nature. 
uh, for objectifying women, but the same technology pretty much has been used for years. You know, for for me at least from this, and to answer this question, it's like this really isn't science fiction. Isn't science fiction anymore? Like this is our reality, and it doesn't seem like people can always grasp that idea. Yeah, I was thinking about that too while you were saying that. It was like, when can we? How can we? even tell the difference anymore really like in these court cases you know like if if it's not her nudity yeah but it kind of lo- it looks that way it looks exactly like it would if she took oh, that's her clothes off or whatever you know it's about. just yeah how do you so, prove yeah it? how do you prove that like what is do you have to you'd have to trace it all the way back to the person who did it or whatever like the per and you'd have to have them under oath and all this stuff but again you still wouldn't even know and also just a side note alberto i think that i feel like that's that dude's real name i'm not gonna <laughs> I lie so. i feel like he's probably using his real name as an alias yeah i feel like he's alberto is a guy that i met in a basement and he had 57 computer screens he's completely addicted to pornography so i think yeah i'm pretty sure alberto um you're not hiding anything buddy i know who you are dude but um yeah i don't know i don't know if we can tell how can we really tell the difference it's kind of like that have you ever seen that show black mirror have you yeah, seen mm-hmm. any episodes of that it's kind of like something i feel like that would be on black mirror you know some revenge porn thing and then like they literally project the images onto the person and they're like that's not me or whatever or, that's not her yes it is though that's how it would look or something you know i feel like that's a future that's what scares me about that show, dude. Like that some of that a lot of that stuff could happen in real life, like most of it, you know. Well, and I think the thing that I think scares most people about that show is these are things that are I mean, happening right now. Like there was um I don't know if you watched the recent season, season five, I Actually believe. I haven't yet. I've been but there was an oh, episode man. I won't ruin too much of it, but there's this episode where these two guys got this video game and they went into the video game. I heard and about it this got one, interesting. Though. Yeah. But anyways, that's basically VR technology. Like we're getting to a point where we can jump into a video game and be the actual character. And I think people just haven't grasped the fact that technology's here. Like all these books we read about science fiction, this is stuff that's happening. It may not be mainstream because not everything's objectifying women, but the technology to completely change our world is here. And I think people need to start, like, there's one guy that commented, like, there was this thing he was developing where basically it could take everything you've ever written, 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 and basically write a book for you. You wouldn't even need to do anything. It would just take all of your samples and recreate your writing conscious. And I think that's, I think that's the scary part because it's here. It's like, this stuff is happening. This, we've had technology that can, deep fake question marks or quotation marks on that to create whatever we want photoshop this is basically photoshop and i think people need to be more just okay with it because it's here it's happening but also like know what's going on being like oh shoot this stuff is here and it's like is it making my life better is it not kind of figuring that out as well the authenticity dude like yeah after a while you're not gonna know if someone wrote the book or if someone put it in that generator to write the book or whatever you know and what's the difference anymore if they can both make the same one or whatever you know so it's like i saw this like little thing in the newspaper you know those like cartoons or whatever what are they freaking called like comic things or whatever in the newspaper the funny pages the funny pages pages. so there was this one about this book and it was like oh i'm all the correct information and i am there's editors and publishers that look at me and make sure i'm accurate and stuff and the kids are like they asked the book they're like well how's that different 
than the internet and social media and stuff. And he's like, oh, only, you know, any idiot could make social media or like some blog or whatever. And then this other book comes and he's like, hey, I'm the book that nobody looks at and I'm still on shelves at Barnes and Noble or whatever. And nobody edited or published me and some idiot just wrote me. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing. So after what, I don't know. The lines are getting blurred at this point. You don't I, know. I do think... I mean, if you're using common sense, you should be able to tell, like, if you come across a photo of a naked woman, I think with common sense, you should be able to be like, oh, that doesn't look entirely right. Because I think it's a a case of where is it coming from? I know one of the big things the government cares about is like, oh, people making a fake video of Trump saying he's declaring war on Iran or something or Russia or something. And that potentially causing World War Three. But if Fox News is sending out that video, it might be real. Where if a random guy on the internet named Alberto is sending out that video, it's a good chance it's fake. So I think you also have to kind of realize what is the source of this content. Because I think when people don't get content from like reputable sources, they're already a bit like easy they're, or um, uneasy about it. They're like, oh, I might you know, check a few other sources just to make sure it's like real and stuff. So I we're at a point where this technology is getting a lot better, but I still think people are aware that it's fake. I like your point about just being aware and stuff because now more than ever, it's just up to us to decide what's right and wrong, you know, because like we're talking about, there's so much getting thrown at you and there's so many options to things to listen to and things like that. You have to decide does this sound good or does this sound bad? And a lot of people nowadays, I don't think they even know what like their values are, who they are or anything. Like they just kind of take something and they run with it without really even thinking about it. Like thinking, is this right? How do I feel about this? They just, excuse me, they keep doing that and they keep running with something they might not even believe in. And so, so, um, I don't know where I was going with that. No, no, we, in a previous episode with Angie Krause, we talked about how a lot of time people don't have a lot of time in their daily life. So they're going to trust the reporter. They're going to trust a news station to get all their information from. And they want to trust that that news station is giving them the correct information and they're not always like Fox News isn't going to give a unbiased report on, you know, the world. They're going to be very biased in their reporting. So people, yeah, they go forward with, oh, Fox News, ABC, CNBC, CNN told me this information. That's what I believe in. I'm not thinking about. Yeah. Like we said, I'm not thinking about other things. I'm just taking the news as it is. And that's how my ideals are going to be shaped now. And I think that's the thing where people got to just be like, hey, man, figure out what's reputable to you. If you have the time, double check what you're doing. And I mean, realize, use common sense to know that Photoshop has been around for a long time. People can fake stuff and be just aware that's a possibility. Yeah. Think of yourself, though, if you're this girl, you know what I mean? And you're getting shown to all these people and stuff like mm -hmm. with these even if you can tell it is sort of fake, it's just like, okay, they're still, it still look like to them that looks like they're naked and to other people it looks like they're just naked. Like they have no clothes on and it's not edited, even though you can tell, you know, it's kind of like still embarrassing for her. She's no, that's not wearing a, that's clothes a very in the true picture. Point. And like what I was saying on is more of like the bigger picture, but yeah, let's definitely get to like the more thing I want to talk about is like the objectifying of women. And that's true. It's like you get a nude released and it's a fake nude. It's not your breast. It's not your vulva, whatever. And you're like well that's not me but there are people in the world that are associating that face your face with that body and they'll be like oh now they're thinking you know 
just negative things about me when actually it's not true. And I think that's a very good point you made on, yeah, this is like there's a lot of victims in this from this app, from the potential that this technology could create. Because even though it's not real to that person, those feelings are still real. The fact that people are, you know, maybe slut shaming you or calling you bad names or just being very derogative to who you are as a person just because you release nudes when really you didn't is, yeah, there's still a lot of feelings attached to something that is fake yeah it's completely embarrassing to that girl you know whoever it is or those women and like you know at the end of the day when like it's gonna start getting more and better you know like that type of stuff pretty soon you're not gonna be able to tell if it's fake or not it's gonna be pretty much exactly their body skin tone everything it's not gonna be just oh that looks a little edited like sometime you could be walking around the street and there could be a new app that you just do this and you see this woman just walking naked, like, you know, just like that could be in the future. And that's something, yeah, that's definitely concerning, especially with the amount of, I mean, there's perverts everywhere, you know, (laughs) (laughs) murders. I don't know, dude. Well, why do you believe women are more objectified than men, like at a much higher rate? Why do you think that is? In their attraction to women, men are so much more visual than women are to men like if you because if you're a man think about this men if you look at a woman and she's hot and you're very attracted to her you pretty much just think like oh i could marry her yeah you know like you're not (laughs) you're not thinking like oh maybe she like farts in her sleeve maybe whatever like you don't give a shit dude as long as she is has a big old juicy butt (laughs) and whatever you want you know what i'm saying yeah no i know i get it so then but like um like women they don't think that way it's a lot more about personality and like who you are if you're being authentic if you're confident if you're going to do something with your life like if you're trying that's what men i don't want to be too sexist here but i feel like men and women yeah we are different there's ideals that in feelings that kind of associate a lot of the times of course there's women that have a lot of drive to i'm not saying that but men are kind of made and they go to attack the world and they try to get you know what's theirs and stuff and when a woman sees that that's a man to them you know if you just come home and are like oh my god my my friend josh was so annoying today like it's like so they don't want that they want someone who's going to get something so at the my point is that's why you see a lot of bust down dudes walking around with some freaking tens why is that man probably because they have a great job and they're trying to do something and they're just confident in who they are they're comfortable in their skin maybe they're not that good looking maybe they're a little fat but they're like you know what i'm good man i got this fat i'm straight you know like women they cleanse their face all day they do makeup they really they're they know that men appreciate the looks way more and that's why when you like say you look great today you know they feel that you know what i mean like dude men are a lot more visual in how we attract or are attracted to women. Do you mind if I like clean up your point a little bit about the differences between men and women? Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, definitely biologically men and women are very different. And I also think emotionally they are as well because I think going to your point on a man is more attracted to the looks, the physical attraction where a woman is more attracted to the emotional kind of connection. I think it's because, and I may be completely wrong, but women are a lot more comfortable with expressing their emotions. So where men aren't, 
men are the complete opposite. We're very shut down. We're very, very uncomfortable with the tools we have to express our emotions. So I think that's a case of a woman. She's very confident in her feelings and she doesn't care about the looks because she knows what she needs to be in an environment that is much more healthier on an emotional level and be on an equal path with another man or woman or whatever you desire. Whereas a man, we're not set down with those emotions. We're often hiding those emotions, trying to not be an open person. So the first thing we go towards is attraction, looks, the physicality of it, because we understand the physicality of it. We don't understand the emotional part of it because we were never taught to be emotional as men. I think that's why generation nowadays are going to be a lot more better as more open men that are talking about what they're feeling because we just know the physical side of it. That's as a man, we're the more physical species. Biology says we are. So we're more attracted to the physical aspect of it because that's what we know. It takes, I, yeah, I think it takes a little, I don't know, at least for me, man, I wasn't, I, I wasn't always comfortable in my own skin, like until the last couple years, you know, and I didn't know that though. I wasn't like, I didn't know that I wasn't comfortable in my own skin until I was like by myself out in California and stuff. And I was like, dang, man, it's hard to just like sit here, you know? So I had to start thinking about it and then I figured it out. I think, and I'm not saying to your girl, you can't, you know, you can talk to them, dude. I'm not saying just be a total yeah. dickhead, mm-hmm. like just come in. Yeah. You can talk to them about feelings and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. No, it's a good point, and like getting to the point on like why women tend to be objectified more. Yeah, it is to the point on guys want to see more girls than girls want to see more guys. So obviously, like I think this Alberto guy that's probably named Alberto <laughs> saying, yeah, there's a ton more nude photos of women on the internet. I think that's a very true statement. There's a lot more nudity associated with women on the internet because as a man, you want to see that because that's what you're attracted to, the physicality because you don't always understand the emotional aspect of it. A lot of men don't want to find that out either because then they feel like they're not being manly you know like what do they you don't mean? they like, like they don't want to find out they can't be emotional yeah because they don't want to find out like oh i can feel this way and be okay with it and mm-hmm. stuff like that like they can be sad or mad about something and just express it like they don't have to just go punch through a wall you know like they can just be like dang i'm pissed off or like whatever but they can be relaxed and just be comfortable with themselves like i think still a lot of our generation our fathers like we're like in our mid-20s or whatever like our fathers were still came from the generation of work really hard nine to five don't say much have your little drink or whatever just sit there and chill don't you know you don't say much you kind of just wait for dinner and stuff like that like that's how my dad is but he's grown a lot as a man as have I but I mean I think that's how just that generation of men kind of grew up still with their fathers like I know his father was very like just no nothing no love no hugs just go do this you know and that's how I think I think going off of that men are going back to my point on why men more are more attracted to the physicality is because emotion that men were able to kind of express was anger like my father's father's father kind of all the way back anger has always been that emotion that a man knows how to Express because bottling up the other emotions create more anger. Anger just comes out. And I think that's another kind of aspect to a man tends to be a lot more angry because they don't know how to handle the emotional side of things. And that's a much easier emotion to say, I get this emotion, I understand it. And that's, you know, anger tends to kind of coincide with physicality too because there's like a bad anger, but there's like good aggression. Like when you have sex, 
there's obviously a primal aggression to it. And that's an easy thing for us guys to be like, I get it. I get sex. I know how to do sex. But like, oh, the talking after sex, when we're like connected, that may not be the most thing I'm comfortable with. That's a good point, dude. And you know, if you're angry and you just sit, you know, you're going to end up breaking something or whatever. Like you got it. Yeah, that's the physical part. Like you should, you know, go work out or go whatever like that or go roof the house. I don't know, dude. I think for a woman to be in the online space in today's world, you have to be incredibly strong. You have to be incredibly independently strong women. And I think women are stronger than men in that regard. We're very weak with our egos. I think women are very strong in their ego. I think men are very weak in their ego because a lot of time it's like, well, oh shoot, this girl's not interested in me. F her kind of deal where a girl is just like, hey, I'm fine. Let's, you know, we're, yeah. and so I think that's the reason why a lot more women are objectified than men on the internet because we're just the weaker ego species. We need that something to chase and like we need something us, to chase. Yeah, and yeah. so we create more opportunities for women to be nude on the internet quotations around that. And then we objectify women because we're so used to being the more dominant species when we're in a space that we're not, that's when we start objectifying. Going back to the NBA story on people being, what I said about like people being like jealous about someone about LeBron James. And, you know, this doesn't go to every man, but in general, I think men are deep down in the subconscious jealous of how strong women are in this new kind of world. So we're more likely to objectify them. They're, we're like, oh, they can express their emotions. I can't express mine. F them. I'm going to objectify them as just a physical aspect because I just, because I understand that physical aspect. So I'm going to objectify the thing I feel stronger in. I would say a lot of men are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's a good point. I mean, it's definitely a thing that needs to be changed, but I think it's something that's just been so hot, like hardwired into our system because our fathers were like that. Their fathers were like that. Going back to the start of humanity, everyone kind of was like that. And we're finally getting to a point where people are like, oh yeah, this is, this is stupid that we have to mm -hmm. completely the F over our mental health because we can't just sit down with ourselves and be like, oh yeah, people have something to say. And there's good and bad and everything. Like today, people think everything's so bad and stuff. I think it's because things are getting filmed. I mean, you see everything, so everything's bad. If you, you know, everything's bad that makes news. But I mean, I think the good thing about that is that we're going to have more families that are a little more like just stable and like we don't have I think like gender roles is important I mean I don't think like a man should be the wife and a wife you know like I think it should be like that but I think to your point as men get more in tune with their emotions and stuff we can better parent our children and stuff rather than having oh dad is the bad cop and mom is the one you run to when you're crying and stuff like that you can just handle it you can both handle it, you know, at the same speed and at the same like emotional level. So then you'll have kids who are a little more stable in the middle of that. Like you see kids who maybe were raised by their mom a lot, like boys who were raised by their mom a lot or around their mom a lot, um, have trouble like in confrontation with men or like talking with other men because they never had that or something or vice versa. Like the boy uh, that grew up without the mother, now they're beating up their girlfriend or whatever. And now they're like, or they didn't have a good relationship with their dad. Now they don't know how to treat women. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to act and be respectful and stuff like that. So I think now the generation moving forward as we become fathers and stuff like that is going to be more and more the kids are going to be more and more stable just like in the middle they're not going to be too I mean obviously they're still going to be single parents but you know like in terms of the full family unit the kids are going to be a little more but it's like stable. as understanding their emotions and being able to like responsibly like handle them 
Yeah, I'm just kind of speaking more specifically on boys there, like because again, honestly, well, that's what we understand. Yeah, like with the story, of... we're speaking from what we understand as a man. Obviously, we don't understand what it is to be a woman in the digital age. Mm-hmm. So this is just our experience as a man. Exactly, but I think it could be a good thing with um not the deep nude thing, but I mean if we <laughs> we just went on a track of men getting in touch with their emotions. But yeah, I mean that's that's so true, dude. But um, dang, these women are dude. They got a scary world out there right now. I feel like, dude, to be it honest, is, I would like, not want to be a woman right now. I mean, I think it, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to be a woman just to kind of see that landscape and see what it looks like and like understand, you know, I've had women on the podcast talking about how they feel and the uncomfortableness of certain situations. They're more uncomfortable than men would be in a situation. I just think it's one of those things where you know, you have to be such a strong person mentally to handle that. And you have to like give it up to women who can do that and really be these amazing forces of people when I don't, I would crack under the pressure. Like if someone released a nude photo of me, that wasn't me, I would just, I would be like, wow, this, and people are like slut shaming me and calling me bad names and coming after me for something that I didn't even do. Like I would just not be able to handle it because I've never even thought I would be or I could be in a situation like that. So I've never thought of like, what are the tools I would need to get through this? So if I was in that situation, I'll just be like, I don't know what to do. And I think that's a thing that it kind of sucks that women nowadays have to have those tools. How do they handle people sexualizing me? And I think that's a I don't, weird thing that they shouldn't have to, but they need them to really get through the digital age we are in here or the digital age we're here. And I think, yeah, as and I think as a woman, too, and I'm not a woman, so I'm speaking just off of like women that I've known that are very strong and like don't allow themselves to be really like sexualized by that you know they'll be like no that's not okay or that's not you know they're very strong in their disposition that way I feel like those type of women will attract good men you know if like sleeping with dude first night probably that guy is gonna he he doesn't have the best intentions first of all and then well, i don't the think there's anything would, wrong with that like if not, you're comfortable I mean, in your sexuality do whatever you feel is sure comfortable sure but the but, but like we we're talking about with the sexualization thing yeah. like you know maybe that dude will just be like oh she's a hoe i'm gonna just have sex with her all the time and then she's, he's not gonna want to get to know you he's okay. not gonna want to whatever he's just that's how he thinks of you and then the girl might be like oh we seem to get along really well together we're having sex it's great and stuff like that but she doesn't know how this guy is actually thinking you know whether where maybe you hold out a little bit it's like hold on like i just met you whatever and it's not You're that like I'm connecting s- on an emotional level first, first before yeah. the physical And level. seeing if they can handle that. Because a lot of guys, right, like we're talking about, are right for the physical. Of course, that's what they want at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. And that's probably what women want too. But I mean, okay, women out there who say that, they, like, you don't like sex more. I'm sorry. It's, well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a thing, to make it clear, it's a thing of, like, it's a very just everyone, that's a part of being a human as procreating. Yeah. Everyone wants to do it. I mean, I think men think about sex at least every five seconds. I think it's every seven seconds. Yeah, something like that like that but going back to that though it's just like yeah if you if you maybe you know i'm not saying it's all the woman's job or whatever but i think that will prevent you from it'll it'll allow you to see like who is really actually interested in you as a person not rather than just hooking up and stuff like that because as soon as a guy gets that his whole mindset changes and would you mind if i jump in on that one again yeah i think you know i think like i said i think it's fine if a woman is okay with her sexuality and wants to have sex with whoever whenever i think you need to have that communicate if that's your plan i think both sides need to have that communication before even starting it's good to 
you know, wait, have the emotional connection first or have sex first and then figure out it from there. It's totally fine, whatever you're comfortable with, as long as you're comfortable. But I think if you're going to do one route and probably even both routes, just communicate. Be like, hey, if you want to hook up on the first date, be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm in my sexual feelings today. I'm very attracted to you as a person. I would also like to figure out if we're emotionally, but right now I just need the physical attraction of you. Is it okay if we have sex? I think as long as there's that communication beforehand, it's fine to do and have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, that's pretty formal, bro. Do you? <laughs> hey, would you mind um, if we just had sexual intercourse, please? I'm, be- I'm very in my sexual feelings tonight. So would you mind coming over? <laughs> man, if you get a girl that just is cool with you like that, man, praise the Lord, dude. You know, you I know? just got out of a relationship, and I realized in that relationship I set the bar for the type of woman I want that I deserve and I think that's something that men really need to start figuring out is I deserve a woman who's going to compliment me and my feelings my emotions the way I act who I am as a person and but I also need a woman who just fits who I am who you know challenges me I think that's an important thing and it's like my bar is now set because I was able to have an amazing relationship with someone I could productively communicate with so now I know I deserve a woman who truly is worth my worth and I'm worth her worth if that makes sense and I think a lot of men don't always they see that that bar they maybe dated someone and they're like oh that person was awesome and then they're kind of just like well I don't think I'll ever be able to reach that peak again so I'm just gonna go after someone who is maybe not emotionally invested as I would like him to be compared to that person so I'm not as emotionally invested and then that's I think when you get to and once again this is not all men not all women um, but I think it's a good general understanding of the behavior when you get to the objectifying of women you get people that are like, well, once again, to the LeBron James thing, I'm never going to be as good as LeBron James. I'm never going to have a relationship as good as that person. So now that idea of that person, that idea of having someone better is impossible. So you're just like, well, I guess F everyone else, basically. You start objectifying people and you're like, well, this person isn't as good as this person. This person is, you start judging and you get into like a very judgment uh, focused ego and you're not the person you're supposed to be to meet that person who raises your bar. I think that's, I think that's a good point on like find people that constantly raise your bar. Dude, yeah. That all fit together smoothly. Nicely done. Nicely done. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. You just got to know what you want too, man. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing to know what you want what you want in a woman you know or in a woman people think like oh i shouldn't be so specific and whatever yeah dude be specific be, man there's billions Jeez. of people yeah. on this earth be specific <laughs> be there's very someone specific. that fits who you want out there exactly man just keep searching dude keep failing dude a lot of man a lot of people dude i, I date around i've been dating around a lot and people yeah. are like man dude some people say, oh, you talk to a lot of girls. I'm like, yeah, I get rejected by, like, way more girls than that, you know? It's just like, but you have to try. You just have to try, you know? What's the problem, man? Don't get into your feelings or your ego, dude. <laughs> Go out there and talk to that broad, man. I, th- I think that's a very good point. I think you also have to have a point of, like, what you talked about, going to California and being with yourself and finding yourself. You have to find that point of self-reflection where, like, I wish a lot of these people who went to these deep nude sites and used these photos to get pleasure out of I wish they would just take a moment to self-reflect and be like why am I doing this why am I using this app why did I I think the deep nude app when it was still live cost 50 bucks but like why am I paying 50 bucks 
to gain pleasure from a fake photo? I think you really need to ask yourself that question if this is something you support. First off, just the morals of it is totally wrong to objectify women in this way and basically steal their identities, steal their bodies, steal their strength. But ask yourself, have that self-reflection moment, why am I doing this behavior? And then figure out why you're doing it, fix that behavior, find ways to handle, find the tools to handle that behavior, and I feel like the people that you want, the people that you envision in your life will come along. Exactly, dude. And that's when you can try to find like, yeah, those things will give you little pleasures or whatever, not like the nude thing. I mean, that's pretty much completely wrong. But, you know, people that are like addicted to porn or smoking cigarettes or whatever they're doing, man, and they just do it all the time. Oh, I need that cigarette. And then it feels good for like a minute and then you're off and you're sad again or whatever and then you just wait until you can have your next cigarette or whatever it is right not just cigarettes but i think if you replace that with something replace that with something constructive something that's going to take you somewhere like we were speaking of before something that you love and maybe you feel that flow state in man because the rest of those things like all those vices that you have and stuff that's not going to bring you real like peace and happiness and drive and stuff that's only going to just bring you a little bit once in a while because you know you shouldn't be doing it you know but you keep doing it and you don't try to find another solution so and and it's hard man you don't want to get away from what's comfortable maybe you've been smoking cigarettes since you were 13 dude yeah that's probably pretty tough to stop but i mean you have to find a way it's going to be hard nobody ever said it'd be easy right so just find some way (coughs) jeez Preach it. I'm right there with you. Uh, To end the story, though, with the advancement of technology and its use by people with bad intentions, it's obvious that an app like this is going to come back. Um, What can be done to ensure that apps like Deep Nude or Deep Fakes don't become a normal part of our society? It's going to be hard because there's going to be those people that are like, man, forget if it's right or wrong, dude. People are going to buy this and it's going to make a lot of money and stuff like that. But I think if we all try to just be a little bit more, this is not right. We know what's right and wrong. And that's not a right thing to create and show like somebody's body like that. So think about what you really want to bring to like the earth and stuff. Do you want to be the one who's buying that and doing all that? Or do you want to just do something else with your life, man? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you should think about but I always like I always like to envision it as if you have a problem like that where you're objectifying women you're you know disrespectful you're using an app like this imagine if like your idol whoever that may be saw you using this like imagine what they would think of you if they were like oh why this is not someone I would want to follow me kind of deal or this is not someone I would be proud of I think that's kind of a big eye-opener to be like oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Someone I idolize think this is wrong. It's probably wrong. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do think it's important that this doesn't become a normal part of life. This doesn't become something that we're just like, oh yeah, another deep nude site was made. Whatevs. I think it's important that we tackle it here before it becomes what it could potentially become. And I think that's done by really just creating a really like good relationship as a man, because we can only speak to the male experience as a man just creating really good relationships with females because this is a guy alberto who made an app to undress women in i think said 30 seconds with a fake photo because he's probably missing something with a female connection he's basically spiting the female gender and saying if you guys don't want me i'm gonna fuck you on this app not like actual fuck you but like (laughs) fuck theirs yeah just get you Uh, So I think as a male, what we can do 
to ensure this doesn't become a normal part of society is figure out how to connect with women, figure out how to be in our emotions as we talked about and really look at it as a, even though biologically we may be stronger than stronger than them emotionally they may be stronger than us find that middle ground to where both of those work for the both of you and really come from a place of respect with women equality with women kindness with women so we don't get people like alberto who want to spite women for whatever reason because maybe he couldn't communicate with someone and that way of being is just gonna like make your chances better anyways like so i mean women like they're done with the like huge juice douchebag jock dude who like picks on kids and stuff at school they're done with that they, they, maybe there was a time where they liked that, you know, on like in 80s movies and stuff like that. But now, dude, just be yourself, man. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm not trying to judge people as much anymore, but if you're someone who, you know, spites women because you're, you can't communicate with them, grow up. Like, really, grow the fuck up. Start playing along with the rest of the world. Start bringing good, positive vibes to the rest of the world. Or otherwise, just leave. Go to the fucking Mars. Maybe we should send all the losers to Mars. Church, dude. <laughs> Man, have somebody up there like, uh, I don't know, dude. Like, who's that one? Tony Robbins, bro. Send him up there. Be I only like... know him from, like, Family Guy sketches. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the dude that does the, like, everybody can be rich thing and whatever. So, yeah. which, you know, but everyone send the dude a good we should we should do that we should be everyone should be a good person everyone could be a good person dude inspire them tony robbins dude get up there to mars find a way you have enough money probably <laughs> you can do it uh and this kind of final thought final thoughts on the story adam what do you have to say to the women who may be affected by a deep nude scandal i'm sorry for guys like um alberto it's too bad f alberto <laughs> And his, what'd you say? He had a ton of uh, computers. Yeah, he had. Um, he had about what did I say, seventy-eight, something like that. It was like kind of in a room like this, actually, but it was like you know filled with screens all over the wall. Was, and he just had simultaneous broadcasting going on, you know. And I didn't know, man. That was for the app. Like, if I would have known, you know. <laughs> Wait, do you actually something. know a guy named Albert? No, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's, but, you're like, I know this dude. He's a loser, but I know him. Literally lives. <laughs> right down here dude <laughs> but i think and for my final like kind of closing to women at from a male perspective let me mansplain this i'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but I, I don't think i don't think we have to apologize because we're not the reason i think there are the same with women the same with people in general there are good people out there there are bad people out there find the good people figure out ways to find the good people and follow them and bad people will eventually hopefully disappear yeah Get away from the bad people, dude. Get away from them. All right, Adam, thank you for taking the time to come back and share your perspective about some of the strangest and most interesting news stories the world has to offer in a fun and meaningful discussion. As I, we talked about last episode, I like really appreciate the friendship that we've been able to grow in the past few years. Like It's like just like you're one of my best friends and I can just trust you with shit. And I like that. I like the connection we have. And definitely, like I said, like a male-to-male connection to have that with another male is you don't find that a lot. And the fact that I can be honest with you and you can like respond well because your character is at such a good place is something I very value. So thank you for that. Dude, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that a lot and I feel the same way. And I also 
dude, every time I see you over here, you're doing something new, man. You're always like going up, trying to improve something. You know, that's good, man. Like people say that and they hate, you know, they're haters. But people who know what the grind is about and know that they're chasing something, they appreciate that shit, dude. They're like, man, every time I come here, it's different or it like looks better. You're like doing something else for the Adam Schultz brand and everything, all this podcast and everything. It's cool stuff, man. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, But anyways, as always, thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Adam, where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to reach out to the show with a strange local news story, or if you just want to share some of your own comments, you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. Adam, you've been here before, you know the guest closes out the show, so I will give the floor over to you whatever you want to say what if you want to promote something if you want some final words of wisdom if you want to sing a song maybe tell a joke the floor is yours find something man that's it go get something that is your own man you'll feel better all right guys we will be back in uh about two weeks i would say we have a little interesting release schedule with the fourth of july here in the u.s i guess most of my audience is not u.s so maybe it doesn't matter Uh, So maybe this will be released on 4th of July. But anyways, until we are back again for episode 26, this is episode 25 with Adam Hoskin. And until next time, space cadets. Space cadets. (laughs) To infinity and beyond. All right, Woody. (laughs) See you later, dude. All right, peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not, because they're real. It's back, it's back, it's Corrections Corner. Welcome back, everyone, to the corrections portion of the episode. Hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Adam Hoskin. Once again, two episodes in a row. We were on point. I believe there are less than, let me count, one, two, three, four corrections for this episode. Come on, son. Uh, No, but I think there was a lot more opinions in this episode. Much of the conversations I have with Adam in private when it's just me and him are based in the I believe this category, Uh, not using too many facts, not because we aren't factual in our beliefs, just because I believe our conversations are more based in soul rather than information. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense. Regardless, to the corrections. In story number one, Adam had mentioned a few different lengths for a marathon and to follow up on the correct length, a marathon is 26.219 miles long or 42.195 kilometers long. The event was instituted in commemoration of the fabled run of Pheidippides, who was sent from the battlefield of Marathon to Athens to pronounce the Persian defeat. As part of the story, it is said that he ran the entire distance without stopping, but would collapse and die after exclaiming, We have won! to the proper audience. So, uh, that's a good that's a good reminder for everyone out there that if you run, you'll die. On to our next story, story number two. Uh, In the NBA story, I mentioned that Russell Westbrook, also mispronounced his name a few times, sorry Russell, please come to Minnesota, has a salary of 30 million. Well, it's actually 28.53 million. Talk about being dependable and reliable, baby. Correcting things we probably don't even need to correct. 
And then finally into story number three. In the story I had mentioned someone who was developing AI that could take all of your writings and create a copy of your writing conscious. Uh, I couldn't find the exact article. I'll have to continue to look for it and post it up there when I do find it. But one of the bigger AI technologies that can write for you is called OpenAI, which is co-founded by Elon Musk and uses an experimental text generator called GPT slash two. So there you go. The technology is there. This is not science fiction. As I talk about in the episode, this is not science fiction anymore. This is real life. And finally, to the claim that men think about sex every seven seconds, according to Dr. Terry Fisher, professor of psychology at the Ohio State University, there's absolutely no research to back that claim. People are not very good at assessing information like that to be studied reliably, and their reports are likely to be influenced by what they have heard in the past about the frequency of sexual thoughts and by expectations of their gender. But anyways, once again, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk and hanging around for the corrections section of this episode. Always, always fun for me. Hopefully it's fun for you. Uh, if you happen to stumble across a correction we missed, email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com and I will make sure to make that change. But anyways, that's your correction. That's your episode. So get out of here. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not, because they're real.